We're talking about how to value something that costs us nothing. And uh, last week, I encouraged you guys to really, you know, focus up, and I'm going to encourage you to do the same. Obviously, if you're looking up scriptures on your phone, you can have your phone out. If you're taking notes on your phone, you can have your phone out. But unless you're doing one of those two things, I really want you to stick with me because this is important. We're talking about how to value something that costs us nothing. What a wonderful gift we have in salvation. And when it comes to salvation, being saved from sin being saved from eternal damnation, being saved from sickness and disease, being saved from poverty and lack, being saved from, uh, you know, torment in our mind, being saved from the things of this world. There was a great price that was paid for this wonderful salvation. And so last week we dove into it a little bit and we talked about the first thing you must do to value this free gift that cost you nothing. The first thing you must do is have a revelation of what it cost to get you this gift. And I talked about Rachel with that ring, and I talked about how I got her a plastic ring from Walmart, and it was 25 cents, and she might have it in our attic somewhere, buried in a box, I'm not sure where it is, but then I bought her another ring that cost $2,500. I was thinking about that today, interesting how one was 25 cents and one was $2,500, but the one that was very expensive, that has a bunch of diamonds in it, it's very shiny, the one that she polishes, she knows exactly where that is in our house, why? Because she understands how much this cost. And since she knew how much it cost, she values it. Well, when we know what salvation cost to get it to us, we can place a higher value on it. And I believe a lot of the church and a lot of Christians today, they don't value it because they don't really know what it costs Jesus to get them salvation. Remember, we said this last week, it cost the father, the son, and it cost the son everything, right? And I think uh, we need to make sure that we don't treat our salvation like Walmart. You know, uh, maybe you do. I don't. I don't get excited about going to Walmart. Uh, the only time I really get excited about Walmart, have you ever heard of the Instagram or the website called People of Walmart? There's some wild, don't go to, there's some weird stuff that happens at Walmart. But every once in a while, you do see something a little crazy. And I have permission from old Sam Walton to talk about Walmart because I used to work there. But I don't get excited about going to Walmart. And the reason I don't get excited about it is because I just have this free access. It's like I can go whenever I want. And lots of the time, it's like out of obligation. I have to go to get something. And I feel like sometimes we treat Jesus and our Christianity the same way. We have such free access to it. And most of the time, it's not because we're desiring to go, but we feel a sense of obligation or we're being forced to go. And because of those reasons, it's always accessible and we feel obligated to go. We kind of downplay it and we say, you know what? This isn't as meaningful to me as it should be. We need to elevate and value what we really have in this saving grace that has been extended to us by God Almighty. And everybody said, amen. amen. He's so much better than Walmart. <laughs> right? The presence of God is so much better than any grocery store. And so let us have a wonderful value. I want to read this one scripture for review, and then we're going to move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, it says, You were bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. And I said this last week, and it's so good, I'm going to say it again. It was by unction of the Holy Spirit. I believe this scripture is read in sequence on a purpose and on a reason. First of all, understand you were bought with a price. And when you understand, I was bought with a price. When you have revelation of the price that was paid to ransom you back from the devil, to ransom you back from the king of darkness, when you understand that now, you'll begin to honor and glorify God with your body. 
Why do so many Christians fail to honor and glorify God in the way that they live? It's very simple. They don't understand the sacrifice that was made to set them free. When you understand the sacrifice that was made, you will value it. And this scripture says you were bought with a price. Someone say a price. And it was a great price. It was the precious lifeblood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we talked about that last week, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time going back into it. You can go onto YouTube and you can watch it. You can go onto uh, Spotify or anywhere our podcast is available and listen to it. Tonight I want to talk about, you know, even though salvation is free, what does it cost us to live a saved life? Amen. And so we want to pick up here. Uh, You know, I think that we have to understand when it comes to, you know, there's a political saying. And maybe some of you are too young, but you'll probably hear this when you get older. Uh, You have to have skin in the game. And they say, oh, they're not worried about this policy because they don't have any skin in the game. This doesn't affect them. They have no skin in the game. Well, when it comes to this, this life of faith, Jesus has a lot of skin in the game. He's invested everything. And now he's looking to us and he's saying, okay, now what are you going to invest? What are you going to put into this life of faith so that way you can bring value to it? And we talked about last week, when you buy clothes, you value them more than when your parents buy you clothes. Why? Because that's your hard-earned money. You earned that. You put a special investment, your own personal time, blood, sweat, and tears, went into the purchase and the acquisition of that. So now you're going to value it and you're going to esteem it and treat it the way it should be treated. My dad taught us that really young. When we wanted something, we had to buy it for our own money because he knew if you buy it, you'll value it, right? Well, the same principle applies when it comes to your salvation. If it costs you something, now you're going to value it. So let's get look into this. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And this does fall in line with our title. How do you value something that costs you nothing? It cost him everything. Now what's our part in this relationship? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 out of the NIV, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the Apostle Paul is pointing out a key here. He's saying if you want to be successful in this and you really want to value this gift that Jesus has given you, you must understand, I no longer live but Christ lives in me. Another way to say it is found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25. And then Jesus said to his disciples, now let's just stop right there. That's what you are. Stop calling yourself a Christian and start calling yourself a disciple. There's not a lot of clarity these days as to what a Christian is. And a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, it's very sloppy, but a disciple is very distinguished and very clear. The, The loose definition of a disciple is one who obeys the commands of his master. One who obeys the commands of his master. Jesus Our Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, that is our Master. And I know we don't like that terminology even in our society. When it comes to houses, I heard that they're getting rid of the word Master Bedroom. We don't like that terminology in our society. But it does not change the fact a disciple obeys the teachings and the commandments of their Master. Well, who is my Master? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've yielded my life to Him. I'm no longer in control. I've given him control. I'm a disciple. And as the word of God says, the disciple is never greater than the teacher. Right? 
He is the teacher, I am the student. I cannot be greater than the teacher, but instead I must follow the teachings of my teacher. So Matthew 16, 24 and 25, then Jesus said to his disciples, everyone say, I am a disciple. If any of you wants to be my follower, so now he's putting conditions on this, you must give up your own way, take upon you your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This is why so many Christians do not value this wonderful gift that Jesus has given them. It's because even though they say, yes, Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior, but I'm going to put a little amendment on that. I still want to live the life that I want to live. I still want to do the things that I want to do. But this scripture is saying here, that's not true. If you're a disciple, then you're supposed to give up your way of doing things. You're supposed to take up your cross and follow after him. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Someone say amen. Amen. And so I have to understand that I've got to do something. I'm not trying to hold on to my life. I've let go of that and I've given it over to Jesus. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 4. Now this, and I was praying about it today, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, this is really heavy, and we knew that we were going to be shorthanded with leadership tonight, and so Cody and I were talking about, maybe we should put junior high and senior high together, and some junior high students may look to this and listen to this, so junior high, if you're listening, don't be offended, but I told Cody, I said, I don't know that we can merge tonight, because what I got from the Holy Ghost is kind of heavy, and it's a very mature topic, and I don't know that someone younger in the Lord can handle it, but I believe you guys can handle this. Amen? Amen. How to value something. So over here in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verse 17, it says, with the Lord's authority, let me say this, live no longer as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. Man, for time's sake, we really gotta go, but you know what? We'll be back next week. We can just take our time. Look at what he said right here. Let me say this, live no longer as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. When I look around the world today, I see a lot of confusion. And it comes back to this, well, how are they living? Ungodly living leads to a confused life. But there's no confusion in godly living. When you live according to the word of God, you're not confused. And so here he's saying, no longer live that way. You know, when you got born again, something was supposed to change. Right? We understand, as the Apostle Paul explains, he says, circumcision is no longer of the body, but it's of the heart. You're circumcised in spirit, and you cannot see it because it's not outward. But you can see the inward circumcision, the circumcision of your heart, by the way that you live. So what does that mean? If somebody truly believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Bible says there's going to be fruit that comes with that repentance. Now let me ask you this question. How do you identify an orange tree? It's very simple. By the fruit that's growing on it. How do you identify an apple tree? It's very simple. By the fruit that's growing on it. Same with a peach tree, right? Any tree that you identify, it's by the fruit that's growing on it. When you look at your life, what kind of fruit are you producing? Are you producing fruit of a disciple? Or are you producing fruit, listen to me now, of somebody who's ungodly? How do we value this life? We value it by the way that we live. And so he said, don't live as the ungodly live, hopelessly confused. 
They've closed their minds and they're full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they've shut their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They don't care anymore about right or wrong and they've given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. But that isn't what you were taught when you learned about Christ. Everyone said, that's not what I was taught. So let me say this right here. There should be a very clean, distinguished line between the church and the world. There should be a very, I would be so bold to say this. There should be a very distinguished difference between the way you live and the people you go to school with that don't know Jesus. And if you can't see any difference between the way you live and the way that they're living, then we need to have a heart check and say, am I really a disciple of Jesus? We need to have a heart check and say, am I really valuing this free gift that Jesus died to give me? And the way we can tell if we value it is by how are we living? You know, I love my wife and I value our relationship. And because I value our relationship, guess what? I do not cheat on her. So many Christians are in this adulterous relationship. They say they love Jesus, but they're cheating on Jesus with the world. In church on Sunday mornings, but then out sleeping with the world on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And you know what that kind of life does as a Christian? It completely devalues the sacrifice that Jesus paid to set you apart. There's a distinguishment that's coming to the last day's church. <laughs> a separation where God's house is no longer going to look like the world's house. Come on now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He is separating us from the world. He's separating the chaff from the wheat. And by the fire of God and the fire of the Holy Spirit, He's blowing and burning up everything that is of the world. And the only thing that remains is what is holy, righteous, and true. We have to distinguish which side we want to stand on. And we have to say, you know what? I'm going to value this. And the way I'm going to value it is going to be shown by the way that I live. Now look what he says. But that isn't what you were taught when you learned about Christ. Since you've heard all about him and we have learned the truth that is in Jesus Throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature. I won't say display. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteousness, holy and true. trying to make sure I'm not coming in too hot because I don't want anyone to be offended. But this is stuff that God challenges me to work on. Living this holy and righteous and true life. And understanding, I want to value this. So whatever it cost me, I'm willing to do it. 
Whatever it costs me, I'm willing to do it. Amen? I'll just use an easy example. I used to have Twitter on my phone, but I deleted it. Because I found out on Twitter there's just too much stuff that's easy access. Just to be honest with you guys. I used to have, uh, what's that other one called? TikTok? Yeah, and I deleted it too. Because when I made my account, it asked, like, what are my interests? And I was like, you know, I like music, I like dancing, I like sports, all that stuff. And I guess that they went ahead and made an algorithm based off of the things I like. And I saw a whole bunch of people shaking a whole lot of flesh that I didn't need to see. So I just deleted it. Amen. Amen. You know, <clears throat> I think about 1 John, and then I think about the temptation of Jesus, and we're going to pick up here next week. Obviously, I don't have enough time to finish this. And the temptation of Jesus is what the Holy Spirit has told me to go and study for Mighty Men's Conference next week. But when you think about the temptation of Jesus, when he was tempted out in the wilderness, he was challenged in three areas. And this is what I love about Jesus. Every area you are challenged, he was challenged. The lust of the flesh, he was challenged. The lust of the eyes, he was challenged. The pride of life, he was challenged. And you know what? Every single one of those temptations, he overcame it. Everything this world tempts you guys with, you can overcome it. Why? Because greater is he. Come on now. Greater is he. Come on. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. You can live this separated life. You can live a life that values this free gift of salvation, but you've got to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to cherish this gift that has been given, and I'm going to do it by the way. I'm not just going to do it in word, but I'm also going to do it in deed. I'm going to value this. I'm going to cherish this. And now listen, I want to say this too because it's important. If you have slipped up, if you have made a mistake, there's therefore no condemnation. Go ahead and get on that train. We've all been there. But what I'm saying is let's make a heart correction and let's start living this life of truth. Let's start living as disciples. Let's make a correction and say, you know what? I want my life to look different. There was a high price paid so I could be separated from this world, so I could be a saint of the most holy God and belong to a holy, righteous, and truthful church. Let me just ask God, God to forgive me and let me cleanse my hands of this sin and then walk with him. Because that's ultimately what God wants. You remember when Adam and Eve, they committed high treason against God. He wasn't mad at them. He didn't reject them. He went to the garden looking for them. And when I make my mistakes, guess what he does? He comes right to me and he says, Robert, where are you? Because he understands. You screwed up, but let's get it right and then you start walking with me again. Let's leave. Just what the scripture says. Put off the old things, the former things, and put on the new man and live as the bride of Christ. Holy and righteous and true. Everybody say this with me. Say, I can do this. Come on, say, I can do this. Now listen, I know it was a little bit heavy tonight. It really was. (laughs) And we didn't get anywhere as to where I thought we would get. Guys, let's just stop all this messing around. Let's let the power of God come back into our lives and back into our church. How? By valuing this free gift. Amen?